0: What's the best uh, mounted gun sequence in the history of video games? Kevin Johnson?
1: Oh my God. Um, (laughs) I can't remember which Gears of War it's from. I think it's maybe two, but you're on like this, uh, I think you're on a train, right? Or something along those lines. I don't know. It's been a really long time, and that is a very Mm -hmm. difficult Mm -hmm. question to answer.
2: I'm gonna do a deep cut. Are you guys ready?
0: Yeah, let's hear this deep cut.
1: It's
2: the uh, it's the opening shotgun sequence in uh, the darkness by Starbreeze Studios, who also did you mm. know they turned into Machine Games and they did like Wolfenstein the Order games, and yeah. stuff. But mm. but uh, the, that that initial shotgun sequence was pretty intense in uh in uh, the darkness.
1: I say, forgot that uh, game existed.
3: The uh, mounted gun That's in uh, Medal of Honor PS1. Damn you. The first level. Damn you. Steal my <laughs> is that choice. What is,
0: is that what? <laughs> oh, my God. So that was the first time I ever experienced a, like, here's a machine gun mounted and, like, 50 enemies run at you and you just kill them. I was like,
3: whoa, this is
0: so good. And then I never liked it again in another game. But I liked it a lot in that game.
3: Yeah. It was really loud and powerful in that game. It seemed
2: like it was really... Didn't yeah. uh, Red Dead That's Redemption good. have an awesome Gatling gun sequence where you're just like mowing yeah. down people on horses? Yeah, the first
3: game with did. the Gatling gun. Actually, the first the one, Second yeah. game did too. Yeah. 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 All right. So much. Welcome garnish. to Jump
0: Crouch, episode fifty. Uh, I got Kevin here. I got Orin here, and I got special guest Kevin Johnson returning to the show. Kevin, how you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Wait, which Kevin? Which Kevin? Because this was always a you, problem you, back you, in man, day. you. Uh, okay, okay. Because I, I, saw Kevin. Okay, <laughs> which
2: Warren? Which Warren are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Warren or The only or Orin.
0: Orin. Orin? 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 Orin.
3: <laughs> Orin Aaron. <laughs> you guys' his name is I'm close not, though. It's close yeah. enough where you could throw someone off. It's true.
1: That's true. It's funny. I as soon as I started talking, I saw Kevin like about to start and talking, and I, it was just kind of like, oh, I remember this. I, I remember how this. <laughs> uh, I I'm good, man. I I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for uh, welcoming back. It's been it's been a quite quite a few years since I've done this, so I've got to remember how to uh, how to pod again and not talk over you guys constantly.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's like riding a bike. It'll come right back to you.
3: Yeah, I think it'll be fine.
2: I it's just a had a realization about the Orin Aaron thing. If you combine Orin and Aaron, you get Arin from Final Fantasy X. It's kind of crazy to
3: think I, about. I think even also like if you combine your personalities and style, you'd also get Arin from Final Fantasy X. Yeah, you know,
2: minus the trench coat, excellent the sword coat. fighting <laughs> skills, but
3: <laughs> yeah. hey, speak for yourself, motherfucker.
0: Well,
4: I'm um, <laughs> no.
1: the, the only one on, on this episode that thinks Final Fantasy X is a terrible game. No, I'm ha, with you. It's horrible. Ha, it's trash. Ha, it's, not ha, it's, not, it's, ha, it's, it's not good. It's not good. The worst one. Hands down.
3: <laughs> You're doing the, the tightest laugh, right? It's when Final Fantasy yeah. got bad. That's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I was doing
2: the tightest laugh. <laughs> I never had a
3: PS2, so I actually missed that game back in the day i've never played it i got the remastered version on steam and i've never installed it or tried it
1: not worth playing yeah not worth it not worth it. i tried a couple of years ago because i got the uh the switch edition of that game and i maybe made it like two hours in and then i realized i really hate final fantasy 10 so i stopped playing it and i have not played it since
3: unfortunately
4: that's
1: yeah,
3: the, the last game that had uh, Nobuo Uematsu on it, or Uematsu, I believe. Was I think
0: game. you're right. That's also oddly the last, I believe, the last JRPG I played, except for replaying Final Fantasy 7 mm. two years ago, mm-hmm. and it kind of is the game that soured me on JRPGs, which is a little unfair because it's, I think, uncharacteristic of the genre. Mm-hmm. But like, I played that game all the way to the end when it was current, and I got to the end of the game, and I was like, this just doesn't feel very rewarding. Mm. I don't know. A lot of people loved it and like really connected to it. I think I just didn't connect to the characters and it was a little too silly or something. Um,
3: Does it have a crystal? Does someone steal a crystal?
0: I couldn't Isn't tell you. Like Cuz that's like them? the
3: cliche. That's like the Final Fantasy story is like <laughs> the crystal's been stolen. Yeah. Someone's been stealing our crystals. I think that's the premise for Final Fantasy 16.
0: The Int- crystals are stolen.
3: Intentionally. They have gone back to the like fantasy like the old style. They want to like bring it back after hmm. after they're like more modern kind of, you know, punky vibe games like they want to bring it back to the, fa- the fantasy.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. this game is not fantasy. It's it's much more of that like weird sci-fi world uh and it's I don't know. Should I spoil the end of the game?
3: You probably shouldn't spoil it. It's like game.
0: a 20-year-old game. Yeah.
3: I wouldn't spoil it. Okay. Well, whatever. Fine.
0: <laughs> there yeah, there's a twist. I'll
3: just say that. Yeah, uh, I know <laughs> about it. But it's it's, it's pretty a late. twist. There's a twist. It's a lame twist. Yeah. <laughs> I was not impressed it's, it's, it's with it.
0: It's kind of like a twist with your vodka lime. It's not, not, not an incredible <laughs> twist. Uh, <laughs> right. Enough of the dad jokes. Thank you for laughing, Oren. Uh, Kevin uh, I, Johnson. I liked
2: it. It was good.
0: Tell us something. What, what, are, you, what are you gaming on lately? What's, what's, your, what's your hardware like?
1: My primary gaming device now is the uh, the Xbox Series X. Um, I play a little bit of PC. Actually, no. The the only play PC I play nowadays is uh, WoW Classic with you guys. Um, yeah. other than that, my my PC is just neglected and never used. Uh, because the Series X on a big you know sixty five inch four K OLED TV with Game Pass is pretty much all I could ever really ask for. It, that is an amazing mm-hmm. piece of yes. hardware and an amazing service, man. It is yeah. so cool. It really is. It's,
3: it's like, funny I too because Xbox. the theme, the Kevin, of the pod is that uh, the joke that at least that I always am saying is we're all, we're all like Xboxers. We're all like, Oh, we love our Xbox <laughs> and continuing <laughs> the trend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's
1: there's a lot to love about it. There sure. really is. Especially yeah. especially Game Pass. Like I don't buy video games anymore, like at all. I just pretty much only games oh, yeah. on Game Pass. It's pretty cool. I, I dig it. It's like Sega Channel back in the day. Reminds me a
3: lot of Sega mm-hmm. <laughs> It really is like that. <laughs> I had this moment where I was, this identity moment of like, if I had told myself four years ago that I would be gaming mostly on, on an Xbox console, I would have not believed that. I would have been like, what is wrong with you? Why, what, how, could, how dare you leave the amazing PC world and go back into Xbox land? Because, like, you know, that, the, I, my thought would have been an Xbox 360 world, which is a completely different Xbox, if you ask me, than uh, the series the modern xbox feels totally it's like a different it's a completely different experience it's just so it's, great now it's
1: so accessible too which i really like with especially with things like quick resume like yep. oh i God. don't have to yes. go and sit at the computer and boot things up and then you know deal yep. with whatever windows issues are going to happen i just turn on the tv turn on the console and within literal seconds i'm in a game and and i love that yeah.
3: have yep. you guys set it so your uh, xbox can turn your tv on
0: you can no, do that. Uh, it, you That's have to get the right cool. handshake with your HDMI. Which I did. I did not. Uh, and I'm annoyed because my PlayStation does that. Mm. Uh, which reminds me, Orin, when's the last time you turned on your PlayStation 4?
2: Oh, I sold it. You sold You
3: it? sold your PS4? What? Yeah. What? Orin, yeah. the only resident what? Sony guy, sold his Dude, PS4? Sony's number one yeah. fanboy
0: has been completely stolen been, that's crazy xbox trend i sold trend it continues, i man.
2: sold it i think in october it's been a moment
0: What? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes. i had no idea wow I'm i just impressed. realized
2: i was just never gonna use it again and uh yeah then i bought my xbox series s in january so okay. it was uh such a good move. I love my Series S. It's literally my favorite console I've ever owned. I keep saying that on the show, but
3: just between... It's so you know, awesome.
2: Yeah, just like between the Game Pass, like the look of it, the accessibility, the service, the controller, I just love everything about it.
0: That is crazy, dude. I did not know you sold that. I wish you had told us this. This is, this is some covert shit, but uh, <laughs> I, I have a PS4 and I, I have I launched forgot. it twice <laughs> I since I got a Series X in January. I have launched it twice. One time to do a direct comparison to see the difference between Dark Souls Remastered on the PS4 and on my uh, series. Mm-hmm. And the other time to play Spelunky 2 for like 10 minutes. And that was it. Two times in, <laughs> in, in eight months. And I, now I'm just like, well, you know what it is? It's just, it's just so slow. It's so fucking loud. If it was a little bit faster and a little bit quieter, I'd probably use it more. But it's, it's uh, I don't know. Alright, well speaking of Sony, should we talk about the Sony press conference? Yes. Did you watch this, Kevin?
1: Which Kevin?
4: Y- you <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> I know Kevin McNair watched it. Nope. Didn't watch it. Did did not watch it.
1: Um don't really don't really have the uh, the desire to watch it. I I, I too am uh, kind of on the fence about my uh, my PS four. I've I've the PS4 Pro I have the God of War edition. It's actually pretty mm. cool looking, um, but I've also been considering selling mine, especially because I, I could get like a cool 500 bucks for that God of War edition. Um, mm. But uh, yes, my short answer versus my long-winded one is no, I did, I did not watch it. All
0: right, well, we're going to go over it because it's kind of like the last E3 press conference, uh, and Sony showed some yeah. stuff. And some of it is, uh, well, it's worth talking about. We'll go go over it, and Oren made us a nice list. So, do you know about the KOTOR remake, Johnson?
1: Do not know about the KOTOR remake. That's very cool.
0: Did you play KOTOR back in the day?
1: I did play KOTOR back in the day, yes, sir, on my Xbox.
0: Yeah. So, it showing up at the Sony press conference gives the impression that a game that was never on a sony console yeah. is a sony exclusive but it's it's not it's it's, never it's was. A t- timed exclusive <laughs> i think it's day and date on pc but um what do you guys think about this like kevin you're a big cotor guy
3: big cotor guy it's being done by aspire who's done <clears throat> excuse me a lot of the uh, ports of different uh LucasArts games to a bunch of different platforms pc included i think it's uh it's cool i'm like i'm i kind of wish they had got a studio that was like maybe a little has I don't know has more I don't think I've ever seen a remake by Aspire before, so like I'm not entirely sure what I mean. I don't know like are they gonna change the gameplay? Are they gonna re? Are they gonna re- redo the voice acting? Like what's gonna happen? I don't know. I, I if they do the redo the voice acting, I hope they get the old actors. Like or is it gonna be totally a new thing? Is it gonna be more Disney Star Wars and less of the old Star Wars? Like what's gonna happen? I don't know. So I'm interested in it. I definitely will play it if it's tried and true to the original. Um, but I. I, and I don't want to like badmouth Aspire but I just don't I'm not entirely sure how how good it will be well it's so, hard to say
0: we don't know what direction they're going yet. we have no idea
3: so I'm interested and I definitely want to play because I love KOTOR I think it does a server sort of remake yeah um,
0: did you play uh, KOTOR? I kind of,
3: yeah
2: I'm, I love uh, uh, Knights of uh, for people who don't know it's Knights of the Old Republic uh, I uh, loved the first one I loved the second one maybe even more um even though it's kind of unfinished, uh, I actually replayed the second one a few years ago still love it um, this was my favorite announcement from the account the, from the conference overall, which kind of goes to show how I feel about the whole conference but uh, <laughs> this was this was the moment where I was this was my get hype moment but after, I thought about it for a couple of hours. There's just not really enough information to get really excited. Like, it's probably not going to come out for a couple years. Mm-hmm. It could just be, like, a halfway step between a remake and a remaster in a way that's maybe not very satisfying. So, I was really excited in the moment, but after thinking about it for a couple hours, I'm kind of a little bit more tempered.
0: Yeah. I- I'm curious how much of a uh, the sort of... Like, because, okay, Knights of the Old Republic, we should say, is kind of like Bioware's attempt to bring the CRPG to console. So it was like a original Xbox RPG with very heavy, It's I think it still uses D&D uh, numbers and stuff. So it's got that old CRPG, but they changed the camera a little bit and you move around with, you know, the left stick instead of point to click. Um, so I'm curious to see how much of the CRPG DNA makes it to the final product. I'm hoping that it's a very mechanically faithful, if if Presentationally upgraded version of the same game. Um, I don't know. It's cool. I will say that Knights of the Old Republic is uh, pretty cheap on on an Xbox from the store from the Microsoft store, and it plays fairly well. And, and it's got the uh, enhanced treatment, so you get you know higher resolution. I think a Aspire phaser. might have done that. They did that, yeah.
3: They did the PC versions of those two. I believe.
0: Oh uh, well, no, the PC version sucks.
3: Yeah, they did that. No, the, the PC <laughs>
0: version, I guess you can mod it, but the PC version is locked to four by three. It doesn't even support like sixteen by nine screens. I I loaded up the PC version on my ultra wide. It was literally taking up a third Wait, of the screen. The
3: console version of the of the first game doesn't doesn't. Is sixteen by nine? The console version is. Oh, Kotor two is four by three, on Xbox. <laughs> it runs in high res. Interesting. And oh it has HDR, God. but
0: that's ridiculous. Uh well. Anyway. Uh, I guess if you guys have any more to say about that I think that's probably it um, Johnson are you able to look at YouTube right now
1: I am able to look at YouTube yes sir
0: look up Project Eden trailer I want. I kind of want to get or a, a tra- real Project time Eve. sorry yeah Project Eve uh, I want to hear a real time uh, reaction to this if, okay. if, uh, if, if you would
1: <laughs> Okay, Project Eve official trailer 4k Playstation mm-hmm. showcase mm-hmm. see what we yeah, got you know, gotta skip these ads yeah,
2: we have a phrase for that. Yeah, well, hang on.
0: Let's, game let's let's on let's podcast. let him.
2: We're not gonna say
1: what it is. But, don't poison right. his impressions. Let's see what I can guess. Warren. Oh, I'm unpoisoning. Minutes. So she is fighting some big tentacle tree monster looking thing yeah. right now, and <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a lot of anime butt for sure. <laughs> 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 a lot of anime butt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so she's uh, like it's... kind of bayonetta looking ish.
0: But yep. like thick bayonetta,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's that's absolutely.
0: that's what it is. It's thick bayonetta.
1: Okay.
2: That's when we. That, that's it? our <laughs> phrase for it. It's the thick bayonetta. Uh,
1: that's funny. This uh, this uh, cinematic trailer looks pretty cool, though. Is there actually gameplay in this thing, or is it yeah. just? I think is that just is just gameplay. Just, they show or, a lot of gameplay stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice. So what's it up? looks
2: like a uh, near Dark Souls gameplay kind of cool. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, this it, giant space monster on the space station thing. That looks very like bloodborne in a lot yeah. of ways.
4: Mm. Yeah, yeah, this that, looks pretty cool. Actually, it looks pretty yeah. cool. It's What's
3: it's the not here.
0: It's not a uh, exclusive as, as far as I can tell. I think it's coming it's not. to everything. It's just they it's just showed it at the Sony Showcase. Yeah. Showcase. Uh, it's uh all but platforms. It looks good. It definitely is I, I was just like there were like five close-ups in the first like ten seconds of her mm-hmm. butt. I was like, yep. this is this is a <laughs> lot. This is yep, a lot. A lot of butt. Butt. Uh, But yeah, I'm into it. Okay. It seems like
3: um, cool. it seems like like a platinum game, mm-hmm. and that's like the best thing I could say. It looks it looks really. I, I'm glad that their their platinum style is like its own genre, seemingly now because that game is right. so. So in the, in their vein, it looks really good. I I, that's, I think that's the game that I want to play the most from what I had seen from the. Because um, we didn't see anything in from the Republic, it was more of like a teaser. Whereas this mm-hmm. game they actually showed, I think it's like a four minute trailer they showed. And it showed a lot of gameplay. It's,
1: it's, it's like a four minute trailer. The uh, the gameplay <laughs> yeah. does look really cool. Yeah, the gameplay mm-hmm. is really I really, really good. like the enemies.
3: Mhm. It's, it's super very high fidelity. Like, yeah, totally. The, the enemies look very like Dead Space too. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty neat. You know what they remind me of is um, in Bayonetta, the like angels have this like really grotesque form, like when you knock yeah. off their like armor and they yep. kind of remind me a little bit of that, but also like the Resident Evil or Dead Space kind of like survival horror almost look to them. They looked good. I was like, like this looks like mm, a really awesome game. It's by a Korean developer, like an awesome game. which is interesting because it has a very like Japanese um, style game look to it. it mm-hmm. that it's from a Korean dev, but
0: yeah, no, that is, that is cool. It's yeah. interesting to see it. Yeah.
1: Wow, this looks awesome. This is definitely something I think I'm going to play actually. This looks Same.
3: this looks pretty cool even with all of the the butt.
0: <laughs> what do you mean even with?
3: <laughs> Cherry on top, man. <laughs> uh, they have a couple of slow-mo shots in the beginning that were like, wow. Yeah, I was just uh, like what little, the fuck little is this? egregious. <laughs> yeah. I think um I think Polygon called it the uh, trashy anime. They didn't call it this game, they called it, it with Code Vein, but they like that about Code Vein. And I think it works for this game too. It's it's kind of the vibe. It's
0: fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, this looks cool i'm excited Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm gonna definitely buy a playstation 5 for it oh wait never mind (laughs) hater is it is it
1: cross-platform this game it's gonna be i think think. it is okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. good excellent
3: i'm totally gonna play it though so
1: still don't have a reason to buy a ps5 then cool
0: well don't worry we're about to we're about to make your mind uh up that you still don't have a reason. No, uh, we're about to change your mind. Uh, I don't even know what Forespoken was. I didn't actually watch the uh, the presentation. I just so watched the trailers.
3: I missed the first half of this because I didn't realize it was on when it was. Mm. So I missed the KOTOR remake and Project Eve. And I and I had only seen the very end of um, the Wolverine piece. So I actually don't know what Forspoken even is. I missed yeah, what's that.
0: Forspoken, Oren? Uh,
2: forespoken is just, uh, it's it's this... Heavily, um, if you guys won't even take time to even look at the trailer, it's um, it's it's just this uh, AAA you know type game. I think Amy Hennig is. uh, Oh,
0: oh, wow, okay. Is it a third
3: person action Um, game, adventure
2: game? I I need to third person shooter. Yes, yes, yeah. It's uh, Amy Hennig are working on it, so that's kind of uh, the big reason why people should probably keep their eye on it. Um, it's because she's involved, but uh, I don't know. It looks kind of neat. It's kind of like Final Fantasy 15 meets Journey hmm. sort of thing, but um, it does suffer from that Sony problem of having a protagonist who feels the need to quip all the time, uh. and it's just you can feel it hard in the trailer. It's just really annoying, but. I mean, it looks like a technical sh- like masterpiece, just in terms of the graphics. Yeah, uh, right. is it a first party? Game? I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested, but kind of not. I don't know. Is it first party? Is it a Sony developed studio and published? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, it's a Sony. It's okay, a Sony.
0: I should, I guess, watch the trailer. I I couldn't speak on that. So quickly, we could talk about Wolverine and I guess Spider Man. Like Insomniac only has 270 employees, yet they're pumping out games faster than anybody. Like, what is going on?
2: I uh, I'm kind of yeah. I feel like they're going to get um a crunch uh Jason Trier Schreier- articles gonna come out. soon. Yeah, article soon. <laughs> oh, like man. like cuz cuz that's insane. They did uh this Miles Morales, Miles Morales. and then they did Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, yeah. And then you'd think they wouldn't make anything for like 5 years or after two that or but three. Now they're pumping out two more. Yeah yeah uh so it's like crazy
0: this is the these are going to be the second and third disney-owned ips respectively to uh show up in this conference uh is sony just a disney machine at this point
2: well i was gonna say like at the top of this just uh here's the thing with sony um we we were criticizing them for being this kind of cinematic narrative third person Studio that that was the only type of game they made, and I was mostly okay with that, even though I had problems with it. But they decided to do the the next worst thing, which is just superheroes and Marvels and Div- Disney. Now that's like their brand, and I'm really not, I'm really not a fan because they did a uh, Wolverine Koto remake and uh, Spider Man Two, and they also featured Guardians of the Galaxy. So it just seems like they're rebranding to be more of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys think.
3: It felt extremely homogenous. It was like a lot of the same things that they were like pitching. It was like a gamer you play as a quirky superhero and you fight the baddies and you kill them. There wasn't any like harsh Last of Us 2, nothing like that. It was all kind of more, I don't know, friendly. And <laughs> even yeah. God of War feels like. God of War, you think, felt like that? It looked a little darker to me.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, God of War looks like. Uh, The New God of War looks like a Marvel movie. It does. It looks like a Marvel movie. It's like a light Marvel movie. It's
3: like Mm. the Thor expanded universe (laughs) with Kratos, (laughs) like a grumpy Kratos thrown in.
1: Did did you guys say you were going to try to change my mind on not getting a PlayStation (laughs) No.
3: no. (laughs) Because. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: I I swear we're not not an anti-PS. So, like,
3: the only Marvel game that I really ever was really big on as a kid was the Spider-Man games on GameCube. Um, Mm. and I would, I would like to have played the, uh, Insomniac made the Spider-Man game on PS4, right? And, Mm -hmm. and Miles Morales. So if I had a Sony console, I actually would try those games because they're fun open world games. But I also have a million open world games that are fun. So I'm kind of like, eh, I probably could miss it and be fine. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm a target audience for this stuff. So I'm not like. Sure. Whatever. You know, I'm kind of whatever. Like, it's probably cool for the people who like right. it. Right. I mean, it's worth noting Insomniac, at least visually,
0: is uh, kicking ass. So, yeah. the Wolverine game, and the Wolverine game did look kind of dark relative to what I'm used to. Like, it was it was the shot of this, like, totally tore up bar, and then, like, I guess Logan is his name, Wolverine, sitting there. Yeah. The claws coming. Like, it looked like it might be a little more of an rated type thing. Um, that said, it's still just another freaking Marvel, like, Every time I see that red logo, I get a little bit more
3: PTSD. I just wonder, though, because like, Disney has hard <laughs> rules about dismemberment and blood. So like, Who does? D- Disney. Oh, that's true. And they that's, actually have a lot of rules. Uh, so yeah. I just wonder like, how violent could it really get?
0: Huh.
3: I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll be wrong.
0: It's weird because when I think of Sony, like when I was really into my PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, they did have a lot, like they had the cinematic stuff. They had Final Fantasy 7 and Metal Gear Solid, but they also had like a ton of, you know, JRPGs and they had a broader portfolio. I think their portfolio
3: was really narrowing a lot. My problem with Sony, with really the last gen, with the 8th gen, the PS4, was their shift from PS1 and PS2, primarily Japanese games. To all Western narrative games, like they, they have very little Japanese games. Where's the ICO team? They made The Last Guardian, which was cool, like, but they have made anything else? Like oh they, yeah, you know, that was
0: like five years ago.
3: That was like five years ago. Like they have like did, it, did they have any Japanese games on display here at all? No. Careful,
0: don't, careful what you wish uh, I, for. We're gonna get another FromSoft exclusive. I
3: know. I guess Ghostwire, I, I, uh, but that's not that's 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 Tango. So it's like it's not a first party. So I don't know. I just yeah. I, my my complaint is that there hasn't been enough Japanese games from an ironically Japanese company. It's kind of a bummer.
2: Well, for the PlayStation 4 era, I thought, I mean, say what you will about the PlayStation 4 era, I thought they took a lot of risks with uh, their, you know, at least their timed exclusives in the first party games. Like, The Last of Us Part Two was, you know, a- alienated a lot of people, Death Stranding, uh, Bloodborne um, was, you know, a lot more niche, and... Now it just seems like they totally abandoned that and maybe that's just based on one conference maybe next year they'll be more risky but it's but also what they're showing is like what's going to happen over the next 3 years so it it does seem like yeah. a full rebranding to just be the Marvel Disney machine mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, which sucks in my opinion. I mean <laughs> Jim
0: still working with them, right? Yeah. So he's yeah. Japanese dude. I, I don't know. I suspect in Square's still working. I think a lot of the Japanese stuff is just
3: held up. But it's been like it's not. It's true, but it seems like those are more like paid exclusivity than like Sony-funded projects. Right. So. Right. And I and I think that 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 distinction matters. Hmm. Um, it seems like they're more like stuff that they're investing in is really more the big Western stuff, which I think is a bummer. I just like to see more variation from them. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
2: You might, you might like the Forspoken trailer. It's a Western game, but you can feel like the Final Fantasy fifteen in it a lot. Hmm. So may, maybe that game will be up your alley. I'm not sure I'm going to play it, but I appreciate that they're doing it, I guess. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, do we want to talk about God of
3: War?
2: Uh, sure. I actually have thoughts on God of War, but I wonder if you guys do first.
3: Uh, I don't have a lot. I didn't play the first game that much. Well, I think it wasn't for me. So uh, this one looked very similar to the first game. So it's probably not for me. I heard someone say that. <laughs> someone say I that, thought was a funny quip. Whether, whether it's true or not, it's just funny is that they said that everyone looks exactly the same except for um, the kid. And they said it's like it's like in a TV show, and you take a break, you know. They take a break, and they just replace the actor. Everyone looks the same, but the kid's older. <laughs> or like
0: like Game of Thrones, when yeah, the name? Like game it goes from
3: like two so, feet tall to six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, and they just like change their hair slightly. I, it definitely looked similar. It definitely looked like a PS4 game in that regard, which I guess makes sense, especially considering how hard it is to get a hold of PS5. It's, it wouldn't be. I mean, it's worth really...
0: saying it looks like a very good PS4 game, but it is a cross. But, I mean, God of game. War
3: looked very good. Yeah. the first game. Looked yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Good so, for its gen, so but it, it's, it doesn't
0: look like a. Uh, it, there's no visual leap. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. Same loaf of bread.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm just not. I'm just not. You know, I'm kind of exce- expe- um, accepting that God of War just isn't for me because I don't know. Like the, the entire time I was watching that trailer, it's like, ah, uh, here comes the dad drama mm. where like Loki is like, why can't you just let me be who I want to be? Who's Loki? <laughs> and then yeah. Kratos is like, boy, you have to respect me. I'm your father. It's like, and then Loki's like, "Why, why, why could you be like less of a, uh, a a general and more of a dad, or whatever, or less of a dad, more of a general?" And he's like, "No." And it's just like I, I don't care about this shit. This is just like lame ass bullshit. But
0: yeah, should be uh, L- Loki be like leaving like tax and Kratos' shoes and like playing little tricks on him and stuff, and like going, <laughs> hey, "Dad, I got you."
3: Yeah, I, yeah. There was that a, would be
0: more interesting. A lack honestly. of mischief there,
3: definitely for Loki.
0: Yeah, yeah. trickster got my ass.
2: Um, I'm just tired of trite dad drama. I feel like I've seen that in so many games at this point. Yeah. yeah. That it just, it rings very false at this point.
0: All right. Uh, Well, well, let's, uh, I I watched the Ghostwire trailer for like a couple seconds. It looked kind of goofy to me. And then I was like, uh, I'll just hear what Oren has to say.
2: Uh, I think it looks kind of (laughs) goofy.
3: Yeah, I think uh, all of us, uh, Kevin included, are fans of uh, the studio Tango. So like, you know, yeah. I'm I'm keeping my eye on it, but I'm not. I think it may be a game that's mechanics are hard to sell without playing them. So like, maybe if I played it, I'd have a better understanding. I I still don't know as what's going on in that game from watching it. Like, I, I have an idea, but it seems like. It's kind of like when you watch the Death Stranding trailers, like, I had no idea what that game was going to be like, and the trailer did not, was not very accurate to the game. The trailers were awesome, but, like, they had this, the gameplay showing him, like, carrying ladders around and, like, having a lot of bags on his back, but, like, I didn't really know what Death Stranding was going to be like, so it may may be one of those things that, like, it's more mechanically deep than it's leading on to be. So, like, I'll definitely keep my eye on it, because I do like that studio, and it's cool to see that they're doing a new thing, but I just don't, I don't know.
2: There was actually a really interesting uh, design change that they made with the new trailer because um, in the earlier trailers, when Shinji Mikami was not leading the game, uh, they had a faceless protagonist, like they never showed his face. But uh, in this trailer, they really drew attention to that he's like a character. So I thought that was... I'm not sure if I like that because I just don't like the look of him, really. I I don't like it, but I still think the world looks cool. We'll see.
3: It felt, I don't know. What'd you think, Kevin? Did you see that or no? Uh, Did nope, it? didn't see it. Didn't it seemed, see it. It seemed like the main character was like a, a very traditional Japanese leading man, and the villain was also seemingly like a traditional. Like it seemed like very like a little more anime maybe, in that styling. I don't know. Hmm. I'm still gonna. Hmm. I'm still gonna check it out. If it's on Game Pass, I don't know if it will be or not, but
0: eventually it'll be on Game Pass. Yeah. But I don't even know if it has a release date yet, right? Yeah, I don't think so. So
3: I know the uh, lead designer of the combat sequences was one of the designers who worked on uh, 2016, Doom 2016. He did not work on Doom Eternal. Huh. Japanese guy. Interesting. So, yeah. That's cool.
2: That, that makes me
3: interested. Anyway. I know. Me too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm hopeful for Ghostwire. That's definitely a game that... I'm interested in. I, th- I think part of it, too, is that uh, I've just seen it so many times at this point over the years that I'm getting a little fatigued by it, yeah. so I kind of just want it to come out at this point. But that was another disappointing thing about the conference is that they had no release date for it still, mm-hmm. so yeah. I don't know what to get excited for.
0: Mm. All right. Uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about from the Sony conference, or should we wrap this up?
3: What, what was the game that you guys thought was the most compelling Or exciting about.
0: That's the old republic. Yeah. I mean Thick Bayonetta Uh, was pretty compelling, but
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, probably Kotor. I'm what were your guys' like overall impressions of the conference? We already kind of talked about it already, but for me it's just it's just signaling that Sony is rebranding to Marvel Disney and uh is playing it really safe now in a way that I don't like.
0: I did forget That's one thing that we should say. Uh, Uncharted uh, is coming to PC, and they're getting a remaster. But more importantly, it's coming to PC. Uh, what, what do stuff. you guys think about that?
1: Are they bringing cool. all, all, of those all of them?
3: The, all the last two, the most recent and two games.
1: and Lost Legacy. Oh, oh, so they are bringing Lost Legacy. That's cool. Lost Legacy is excellent.
3: So it's cool that those yeah. games will be uh, 60 and higher FPS, finally. It'll be really cool yeah. to see that.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I, I, I think that'll be cool. I guess people were curious whether or not the PlayStation version was going to be a paid upgrade, or you could just put the disc mm, in. Um, probably going to be paid. I mean, so I will say, it is. that's the one thing, actually, I did like, that they're bringing stuff. It's not really the game I wanted them to bring. I'm not that excited about Uncharted, but I think a lot of people are, so that's awesome. Yeah, it is cool uh, for them. And um, But, like, yeah, Sony is kind of, it, they're inhabiting a strange niche. I was hoping that they would be like, hey, and by the way, we're going to have a service that has every Sony-published IP game for PlayStation 1 PlayStation 2 PlayStation 3 in a game pass catalog because obviously they're never gonna be able to compete with game pass But if they could just do their freaking backlog if
3: they did that I buy PS. Right. I would buy a PS5
0: like yeah 100% I'd be like, okay bought it You know I'll pay 15 bucks a month for that service too, like to be able to play all those games um, Nothing like that So it is cool to see they're moving towards PC. I'm glad that Kotor is being remade. I Don't know. I still don't care that much about a PS5. It feels very redundant with my PC and Xbox setup, But I was talking to Oren the other day and there was like PS fives at Walmart. I was like, should I get one? Should I get one? He's like, don't even do it, dude. You're just gonna, you're not going to play it. You're just going to play Returnal for two weeks and that's going to be it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, that's coming from me.
0: <laughs> I know.
3: So, and the thing that's funny about this is all of us here have owned a PS four and none of us are interested in getting the next console in that, in that lineup, which is weird.
0: I mean, I will eventually get it.
3: We all okay, Aaron will. But like, we all liked our PS4. Just to have just shit to talk agree. about on the
0: podcast, like, just to just have the technology. Reason. Like, I'll I'll buy it when it's two ninety nine for the digital version, and you know, I I own Spelunky two. I want to be able to play Spelunky two again.
3: What do you think, Kevin? What would what would it take for a PS4 to buy for you to buy a PS five? Bloodborne two.
1: I'll probably end up getting one in a couple of years, you know, once they become cheap and common, if, if they become cheap and common, <laughs> uh, um, you know, when, once we're at a point where I can walk into a, uh, a Best Buy and buy one for, you know, $100 off on a Black Friday, uh, it, it's really the only time or reason I would ever really want to get one. Um, just based off of what you guys are saying about the whole way that they're kind of rebranding, um, that's definitely not my cup of tea i have as little to zero interest in any of that um so yeah there's there's no reason for me to get one i mean if, if they just mm-hmm. say okay well final fantasy 16 is going to be a playstation 5 exclusive then then maybe uh, that'd be a big one for me mm-hmm. but other than that man i i can't think of a, a good reason yeah i, I
2: think uh playstation 5 is really great to get if you love disney Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the only reason I think to get a PlayStation Five over an Xbox. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, until Naughty Dog starts t- talking about whatever their next project is, or you know, I don't know who But who else what if what you know.
2: if they're just doing franchise bullshit? That's what I mean. Like, yeah, because like Insomniac is quickly being shoehorned into a Disney machine. What if Naughty Dog's next game is just like another like recognized IP. That, I yeah, just do you know.
0: not predict that happening. I feel like that's that studio has too much prestige and I'm going to imagine autonomy over their projects at this point that I would be surprised if that happened. That feels like a bridge too far.
2: I can see it that. I don't know. I can see it happening. That, that would be a it damn might shame. Happen. All right. It really would.
0: I guess we'll have to see if that happens. Uh, we will definitely talk about that, but I think we're going to move on and I think we're going to start with psychonauts too. Cause, uh, Kevin's been playing this, and he, I think, can tell us what it is, what it's about, and what he thinks. I'm interested in this game, too. Yeah, I want to hear yeah, about this. Yeah, ab-
1: absolutely. I love Psychonauts 2. Uh, I think this game's fantastic. Um, you know, it's, uh, first and foremost, it is not a very difficult game at all. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty easy. Um, you know, there hasn't been a single point in the game when I've been challenged whatsoever. Um, the platforming is pretty straightforward. All of the fights are pretty straightforward. Um The abilities are straightforward, but they're very cool and fun to use. But I think what really uh, grasps me uh, about this game is uh, just kind of the overall style uh, and the world. Um, Obviously, it's pretty much exactly like the first one at, you know, 4K, 60, I think it even has a 120 uh, option on the Series X. But um, everything is so ima- uh, imaginative. Like, I'm sure you guys have seen the the horrifying teeth doors uh, mm. is the thing that I see pop up most uh, online in articles. Um, but everything is, you know, very kind of whimsical and creepy at the same time. Mm-hmm. It very much reminds me of, like... A early to mid '90s Nickelodeon cartoon for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. like if if all real monsters and Rocko's Modern Life kind of came into uh, <laughs> into nice. the, their own kind of weird video game thing. Uh, that's that's what it would be. Uh, the characters are are pretty likable uh, and pretty fun. Um, I'm actually enjoying all of the cutscenes, which is usually a thing I skip in games unless it's a, a JRPG. Um, the humor is really, really good, uh, but again, man, just the the world and level design is is really immersive in a way that's just kind of like lighthearted and fun, but weirdly disturbing and creepy at the same time. Um, there's there's one section of the game in particular uh, that is basically set at like Woodstock, effectively, and it's like <laughs> super, super psychedelic. Uh, the game goes oh, yeah. from being a uh you know fully rendered in 3d to being more of like a, a cell shaded style for that entire hmm. section uh, of the game which is a good like hour and a half two hours long um and the the music in that section is absolutely fantastic it plays into the world so well and seeing that on like a OLED with HDR is one of the better-looking games I've seen in quite a long time. Especially that section, just the the colors and the way that everything pops, is mm. uh, it's a very beautiful game for sure. And it runs, you know, amazingly. Like I said, uh, there's like a, a 120 frames option uh, on the Series X, which uh, did you try that? I do. Yeah, yeah. That's what I play it in um, oh, on nice, my nice. Uh, 120 hertz Sweet. TV. Yeah, and it's buttery smooth. It looks really good. Um, I can't tell if it's ray-traced in the uh, cutscenes. I think it might be. I don't think the yeah, actual no, no, no. Uh, in-game stuff is. But okay. uh, the, the cutscenes themselves look really, really, really good. Sweet. That
0: sounds good. I... Tim
1: Schaefer is back, baby. He's back. Yeah. He's so... back. I don't remember much of the first game, personally. I mm. was like a small child when I played that on the original Xbox. Uh, but, you know, it's... uh. <laughs> It's definitely fun, for sure. If you guys are are like fans of that kind of weird, bizarro, you know, 90s Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network kind of style, uh, I would highly, highly recommend it. But if you have a phobia of teeth, do not play that (laughs) game. (laughs) Isn't there, like, a warning for that at the beginning
2: of the game, too? Like, if you have a teeth phobia or something? Yeah, yeah, there's...
1: So there's there's that warning. It also warns you about, like, there's themes of, like, anxiety and depression, which there there totally are, Uh, I think, you know, thematically. I mean, thematically, obviously, it's about, uh, like, human psychology is is kind of, like, the the big theme uh, in the game. So you delve into a lot of... um, topics like depression anxiety strange phobias um the you know i i personally don't have an issue with teeth or gums but even i was kind of like ugh <laughs> when yeah, <okay>. we <laughs> got to that section of the game <laughs> it's uh it's a little strange but mm. it's cool it's fun it's i highly recommend that game it's on
3: game pass there's no reason not to play it yeah for sure how does it compare to his other games for tim shafer
1: Let's see. Um, I only really played the first Psychonauts. Uh, mm. um, and I hardly remember that game. So that's yeah. that's hard to answer. Did he do Day the Tentacle answer. and Full Throttle as well? Uh, he did yeah? He did, he did he did. do Day he the did, Tentacle? He did Graham Fandango. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Gra- yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's that's good because I actually played through Day of the Tentacle uh remaster recently. Um. And I think that compare. I mean, it's it's hard to compare Day the Tentacle to Psychonauts because they're obviously two entirely different genres of games. Mm-hmm. But um, stylistically, uh, and especially the way that uh, they they handle humor, uh, they're very very similar uh, in that regard. Mm. Nice. Pretty 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 silly stuff. Um, I think that. Uh, day the tentacle is probably a little bit more adult in its humor um mm. and a little just more you know um m- m- mature uh, but uh, psychonauts you know it, it has its moments for sure of uh, of the uh the adult humor and um and <sighs> teeth
0: <laughs> teeth I, I will say this about tim schaefer he is the only game developer i know of that has put the norwegian black metal band emperor into a into a game <laughs>
3: Oh, in uh, Brutal, Brutal Legend. Legend
0: Yeah, so props for that uh, cool. Tim Schafer looks like his characters Which must, you know what I mean? Like, you could just <laughs> import Tim Schafer into Psychonauts And he wouldn't look out of place
3: Yeah, looks like a cartoon
0: You know what I mean? He looks like a cartoon character Like <laughs> yeah. the real person
3: <laughs> I could see it His style's a little bit Tim Burton, right? A little bit, a little yeah. bit? yeah, it's yeah. a little bit Tim Burton, for sure like Early Tim Burton, at least yep yeah, yeah 90s 90s timber. 90s wackiness um,
0: dark. yeah that's cool that, that game cool. sounds it, looks, it, it sounds it, it's, good it's gotten really good reviews i tried playing the original psychonauts recently and i was not patient enough to sit into it but i think i'll download this and give it a go hmm.
1: yeah you, you, you don't it. have to play the first one to play this that's good yeah i'm gonna try it out for sure uh, I should
2: uh, give it. I should give it a shot. I played it for a little bit, but then I just got distracted. But I think uh, I think I should give it a real shot and really play it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It, it didn't become great for me until I got to that kind of Woodstock '60s psychedelic level. Uh, you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about uh, if and when you get to that part. It's 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 pretty fun. Okay, I'm excited then that sounds awesome. Yeah, that
2: sounds, sounds good.
0: good. yeah Dan Reichert, who I respect enough oddly uh, really liked the game and he so he was he was selling me on it too so I think I think I'm gonna have to try it. Uh, okay, are you guys ready to do this? you know what we have to do now <laughs> I don't know
3: 12 minutes we have,
0: oh. we have more than it's probably going to take us more than 12 minutes to talk about this <laughs> fucking game. Okay it's
2: gonna take us 13 minutes.
0: Uh, let's 12 minutes uh, is a purported time loop game. A point-and-click adventure game that. Uh, Are we
3: gonna have spoilers in this or no?
0: We're not gonna spoil it, but we can yeah. vague like minor very spoiler minor warning. spoilers, minor like spoiler thematic warning. spoilers, but no plot spoilers. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I I fucking hate this game.
3: You hated it. Like, <laughs> I really did like okay. it. I'll tell you why. Like right.
0: it. I okay. For one, every game is a time loop game. Like mm-hmm. I think. Like, you know, every game you're replaying a segment of time over and over and over again. So Mm -hmm. like uh, the the time loop concepts a little silly, but I think games that are like proper time loop games like roguelites or hitman or even dark souls get by on making you redo the same shit over and over again by injecting a sort of sense of curiosity, wonder and like um, tactile enjoyment
3: deep game mechanics.
0: Doesn't have to be deep game mechanics necessarily, but there should be a mm. feeling like like this game failed to catch me because it never hooked me, and after two hours I was like I don't want to play this game anymore, and then I I just stopped and watched a YouTube video on it, mm. and I and I felt glad that I did that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Sorry to sorry to poison the well that hard right off that right out the gate, but.
2: Uh, go for it, Kevin. I'll say I'll be the last one on this. On this. Okay.
3: So um it's an adventure game. Uh the controls on for an adventure game like this on a controller how I played it were a little awkward. Uh I it was took me a while to get used to it. Um yeah, It was, it's definitely, it does have that iterative kind of quality, but it's like the narrative is, a. so like, it's not common. It's common that you play games where you do the same thing over and over again. It's not common for the character to react right, right. to that. The character that, understands that. In a and that was what was interesting about it. I think the game's strength is like the character interactions. Um, the way that you talk to the, the wife specifically, that your character and the wife's interactions were like very generally they were they were thought out in a really cool ways so that way you can play it. like you can like talk to her and like tell her different things. Unfortunately there's a lot of paths that get cut off because I'm not sure if it's development constraints, but like I had a lot of creative ways that things that I wanted to do in that game that I couldn't do or I yeah. did but they just went to a fail state immediately because that was so that was like that, that was
0: annoying. Like there's yeah. one point where a character's asking you for proof of something that would that would at least seem to move the plot along and you have probably at that point Been given information that you could have used that you would think would would satisfy that requirement but you don't have the option to use that information it's like what
3: yeah
2: yeah i I think Uh, that's actually a perfect place for me to jump in with my thoughts so 12 minutes is a game that i thought looked really promising and like i want more games like that games that are doing something different but with that said 12 Minutes is the worst game I've played this year, like, hands down. I hated it so much. <laughs> and uh, for two reasons. There were two big reasons why I hated it. Like, um, and one of them is what Aaron was uh, talking about. The game is like a puzzle game, right? Um, and to advance the plot, you have to do, like, you know, think outside of the box for the solutions. But the thing is, is the game does a really bad job telegraphing those solutions, but also they do, it doesn't give you the tool set to solve those solutions like there are so many there were so many moments in that game where i knew what the solution was but the character i was playing as didn't like arrive to that conclusion yet so i got constantly frustrated that like why is my character just not saying the thing to the wife that would be so obvious and like the whole I got that that was my experience with the gameplay the whole time. me getting frustrated at like not being able to do the thing that I wanted to do constantly. and that and when I finally was like, "Fuck it, I don't know what to do." Like I, I would like look up the solution, and when I looked up the solution, I'm like, "What? Yeah, I tried that thing already, yeah, but oh, you have to do it at a really specific time that yep. is totally not telegraphed at all to do that thing. And uh, and then the second thing that I hated is I just hate how the game just, like, hits you over the head with uh, shocking violence to the point where it's, like, mind-numbing. Like, li- literally at the end of... I love The Last of Us Part Two. That's a very violent game. But even uh, compared to that game, this game was just, like, too much. There was just, like, too much unnecessary violence. And, like, you, the game constantly forces you to do the same, like, murder over and over again to, like get arrived to solutions to the point where it was just like enough i can't do this anymore that's my rant that's the end of my rant okay (laughs) the
3: the thing that uh i did like about the game a lot though was just the general like playfulness of it like the the I i could see why hideo kojima liked it because it actually reminds me a lot of Metal Gear, the way you can like goof around with like the wife character. Like you can do a, like she'll be like reading and you can like turn the light off and she'll be like, Hey, can you turn the light back on? And then she'll like you like turn it on and she'll be like, Thanks. And then you can turn it off again. She's like, What are you doing? And if you like leave it off, she'll like get up and turn the light back on. And you can like turn it off again and she'll be like, What is wrong with you? Why are you being so rude? Like there's a lot of like funny reactions that they put in the game, like a lot of detail. Like, the thing is is because of the time situation the way it's, it's built there's like a thousand different permutations that can happen mm-hmm. so i think they probably being a small dev team like couldn't get all that right i just think that game would have been a lot better if it had a little more guidance onto like what they wanted you to do because like i remember i failed one of the loops because there's this picture that's supposed to be shown to a character and like i had had it in my inventory and be, rather than sh- you can't show it to the character he has to be on the fridge for him to see it otherwise you fail and like that was like what I have it like there's too many weird fail states but like it's I I liked the premise of it I think like if they had maybe spent more time playtesting it or or just something that could have been a lot better mm-hmm. um, I did like the performance of all the characters and it was fun to slowly unravel the mystery. Did you beat it? I did beat it. I had to use a guide to get the right ending though because again the it's very tricky to get a lot of that stuff right it's a little bit like the castlevania 2 problem of like you got to crouch in the spot for 12 seconds for the tornado to like it's like it's too esoteric in some of its like goals and i think if it was less of that it would have been probably better received because i do think that there is pretty fun stuff to happen there despite the fact that there is some tedium i don't know i i feel mixed about it i don't hate the game
0: yeah at all I guess, let me walk that back. I don't hate the game. I actually applaud the game for trying something daring and new. I hated playing the game. Mm. The experience of playing the game I found to be unpleasant and and, and unrewarding. However, I think that they were, they did take a risk. So I want to applaud them for taking a risk. And I do think that there is potentially something very interesting about that concept. But like, exactly like you're saying, the solutions were often too convoluted. Also, I feel like it violates... Like a rule that maybe an unspoken rule that if you're playing a time loop, right? You think of like Groundhog Day. What is he trying to do? He's trying to get the day right in one go. But in this game, you actually have to get things right over a sequence of plays as opposed to a single, like you can't beat it your first playthrough. Like there is, you have to fail several times before you can beat it. And like, it doesn't really tell you that. And like, I would have never guessed that that was the case just because my brain is trained to thinking you know, get to the checkpoint, right? Get just, just play the get this is the run, get it right. Um, so I, I found that annoying. I found some, some of it to be a little pretentious with the sort of Kubrick and Hitchcock sort of like aping. Um,
2: Lynch too. And I, I didn't, didn't with the uh closet,
0: yeah. I did not, uh, okay. The closet, the closet could have been cooler, could have been full blue velvet, but mm-hmm. uh, but like <laughs> it, it's. Like, so the game was really like swinging for the fences. So I do, I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't hate the game, but I hated playing it. I really found it to be after like two hours of like failing over and over and over and just like dragging my head against the wall, having the guy bust in the building and kill me over and over. I'm like, okay, this is not, not for me, but I do know that a lot of people have liked this game. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Hey, should I play this game? I feel, it seems like a third of people love this game. A third of people loved half of it and then disliked it. And then another third hated it. And so. We may be more in that third camp, so like I don't think it's a bad game, but I think it's a confusing and convoluted game.
2: I, I think, uh, for me, the reason why I just hate it is that um, I think what ends up happening is uh, the game punishes you in a way for not figuring out obtuse puzzles in a way that I thought was just, like, awful. Where it's like, like, but, like, you'll try to do a thing, right? And then that thing doesn't work, and it's like, fuck, do I have to, like, kill myself again or, like, watch my wife get brutally murdered again to, like, progress? And then you do that. It's like, okay, I'm going to try this other thing. That doesn't work. It's like, fuck, I have to see, like, this violent murder scene for, like, the 15th time to progress. Hmm. And then, like, by the time I got to, like, the 25th time, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. And then, like, I look it up, and then, like, the puzzle solutions just like not rewarding it's like what like that's the dumbest solution in the world Mm -hmm. and that and then like when you get to the end of the game and you figure out what like the plot is it's like what what is this like shitty chinatown ripoff bullshit like i I just thought the whole game was just like terrible but i mean like i do like want to be a little bit charitable and be like oh this is like uh this is doing something different but at the same time like Play test this shit and also maybe have like better storytelling i don't know yeah <laughs> i know if I, i'm sorry if i'm being really brutal but i kind of want to get my anger out i've been sure. holding it in for weeks now yeah uh, <laughs>
0: i will say i do recommend people who have game pass try this game and make up their own mind because you because c- you, you can for one and, and it is unlike for the most part, anything else. Although apparently there's another game called The Lost City that came out this year that's that's very similar, but people say is, is some people say it's better. Oh, uh, the Forgotten City. Forgotten yeah. City. I, yeah.
2: I heard that's really good. I, I need yeah. to try it.
0: It's a very similar concept, and, t- and Deathloop is
3: coming out in a couple days. Deathloop, That's true. Um,
2: the last um, thing I want to say. And then the I Outer just, Wilds DLC. I think the uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the game all did, time
3: loop. Had a cool character development like I think the iterating on the story and dying over and over again can be like annoying and I think if you have like a low tolerance for that kind of thing maybe it's not for you but like it was fun to see how the characters in the story progress and like how they kind of slowly unfurl the mystery like I felt like that the pacing of that was well done Hmm. I think they probably spent a lot more time on like the writing of the characters and stuff than they did of like the actual game design which is probably why like it suffered so much for at least for us
0: (laughs) they've been working on this game for like five or six years I, I do know that there's several people who have played this game and didn't use guides and figured it all, solved the puzzles on their own and, and had a very satisfying experience. So I think there is a satisfying experience yeah. to be had. But like,
3: I right. just couldn't care serious.
0: about the characters right out at the,
3: right at the bat. You know, I didn't at first. But it's like in the same way, like <laughs> it's fun to like go in and like eat the cake in front of the wife, and she's like, "What are you doing? This was a plan." You can like do everything. Like she has, they have so many reactions programs sure. that mm-hmm. if you like that stuff, which I really like the details, I, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that there are people who like this game, you know, because um, uh, I, th- I think it's really cool that Hideo Kojima loved it. Um, Greg Miller also loved it from Kind of Funny. Like, there are people who love this game, and I think that's really great because that balances out the people who really hated this game like me.
0: <laughs> it's so. a polarizing game. So, Polarizing uh, game. All right. Uh, let's talk about The Ascent. We which... got that off our chest, guys. It yeah, we didn't. I think that was only twelve minutes. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, right, uh,
0: my, my notes, But okay, we've all played the Ascent, right? Johnson, you yeah. played the Ascent.
1: Ascent is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I beat it. I I have uh, I have completely played through the game. Not only that, I've done every quest that I could find. Very although nice. apparently that's not every quest in the game. Oh really? I don't know where to find the new other quests, but huh. um, maybe you missed some. You can yeah, pick. I was like I I I don't know where they would be, but. Yeah, so or or there's it's bugged. The game has is still a little buggy though. Yeah, much less buggy partially. than it was at launch. Um I don't know. What, what do you think, Johnson? Tell us about your time with the Ascent.
1: Um yeah, yeah, sure. I so I've played maybe, you know, 15-20 hours uh, of it uh ish so far. Um I've been playing through it solo um on, mm. on this particular week particular run um i I played it co-op a couple of times with kev and kyle like mostly just the intro and maybe the following quest uh i find solo that it's very difficult uh for sure Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. it's specifically the boss fights uh are, are very difficult um i think you know just the general enemies in the world aren't you know it's hard but it's nothing too much, but man, the other day when I was playing, um, I was doing one of the story missions, which I I can't remember the name of the story mission, but you fight this, like, mechanical spider that spits mm-hmm. out all of these other little spiders and doing that alone, like I had to leave that dungeon, and go grind up levels a little bit, <laughs> go grind yeah. up the gear a little bit, and then go back and try and have to fight that boss again. I eventually oh, beat shit. it. Yeah. But uh that thing destroyed me over and over and over. Like it was so Which difficult. Boss was this? Um it was like this uh like a mechanical arachnid um, yeah. I, I can't remember. Boss. I, I got Spider stuck
2: rock. on that boss, too. Man, oh, wow. that <laughs> so thing funny.
1: was hard, man. It's because what made it hard, and I think they need to balance for uh, a solo player a little bit, mm-hmm. particularly that fight, is he just spits out way too many little scarabs. Like, mm-hmm. you're spending half the time killing the scarabs <clears throat> and like putting chip damage on him, basically, in between killing those scarabs that... It's just a long and brutal fight, and and his flamethrower deals a ton of damage, and when the scarabs explode on you, like, three scarabs will kill you, basically, even if you're at full health. So, um, that's, that's been my only gripe with it so far, was really just that one fight. Um, other than that, I think it's one of the... I don't... maybe not one of the best of all time game worlds, but definitely, you know, within the past five, ten years... Uh, one of my favorite game worlds. I think they absolutely nail the cyberpunk uh, aesthetic and feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I love some of the big set pieces in the game. You mm-hmm. know, there's that section. I forget which section of the map it is, but you know, there's the uh, this bridge that you cross and it has this big giant like golden Asian serpent dragon like spiraling, spiraling oh, yeah, around yeah. the bridge High and like. It's so cool. Uh, I love mm-hmm. I love the setting of that game. I just want to go live uh, in in that cyberpunk world. It's so cool, and the nightclub scene was so mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Like when you go in and everyone's dancing, and then you just open a fire, and people like start screaming and running oh, away, yeah, yeah. and then like the <laughs> the techno music gets really intense. You know, oh, I loved that Very section of the weird. game. I want, just want to replay hotline, that over and over and over.
3: That part, yeah. So that good. game is yeah. really really fun. So I played yes. it almost all in co-op, and the co-op balancing seems about right. It seems like it's the right amount of challenge. I almost
0: think the game's too easy on co-op.
3: Uh, Maybe. That might be true.
0: I will say, what weapon were you using when you pl- when you fought that boss? Because weapon damage is These important. It's is, is very eight. important. And they don't really signpost that.
3: They don't.
1: No, they don't. Uh, so I tried with a couple of different guns. I uh, ultimately ended up beating the boss with one of the heavy machine guns, mm-hmm. uh, only because it had such a large clip, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I wasn't having to constantly reload after killing those damn scarabs. Mm.
3: The uh, the laser guns melt those guys. Yeah, That's what you gotta do. The uh, but they don't okay. tell you okay. that. Aaron told me that, because I was playing that part in co-op. Yeah, it's
0: damage type. You have to use, uh, like, electric damage against machines, and uh, projectile damage against humans. Uh.
3: Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time playing this game. I haven't beaten it yet, but I've I've played through probably three quarters of it twice on two different characters. So I played it. I haven't beaten the game, but I played it a lot. Uh, I really like it. I'm, I'm I it's completely changed how I look at twin six Years, which is normally a genre I kind of not avoided, but I wasn't actively pursuing. Whereas now I'm like mm. actively che- want to check them out. I think it's just because the shooting mechanics are so well designed in this game. Like, this just feels like it feels like a third person or first person shooter in an isometric view. Like, the shooting just feels really, the enemies are, I don't know. It's just, it's like, it just feels really high quality. Um, And it doesn't feel like a 2D arcade game of that era. It feels like a 3D modern shooter game with an isometric Mm. perspective. So, I really like that.
1: The cover system may be like a big reason why it feels that way is is Mm -hmm. what I found because like I found that taking cover is pretty damn important in that game Mm -hmm. and there's just something about like maining your your assault rifle and having the shotgun in your secondary and like you get that Gears of War feeling that when they rush you in cover and then you bust out the shotgun and just blast them away and then switch back to the assault rifle to pick off guys uh, in the distance feels so good
3: it feels so satisfying it does. I was impressed how well they managed to do a k- isometric perspective cover system. It mm-hmm. works like so smooth. It, that game plays a lot like Gears. Like that's why I first thought I was like, this is like Gears of War from an isometric angle.
0: Yeah, I actually like it better in this game than I like it in Gears of War. I usually don't use cover unless I'm playing single player Gears of War. Um, I'm curious though because I think we might have a contrarian among us, uh, Oren, How was your five <laughs> hours with the game, or, or whatever long you played?
2: Uh, I thought, uh, okay, so I I actually played up to the Arachnid boss, which I thought was like a really funny coincidence that Kevin um, had that same experience. But um, unlike Kevin, I was like, I don't want to go and do a bunch of side quests to upgrade and fight this boss. So I just stopped. But, I mean, I I thought it was, I thought it was like pretty cool. It's just not, it didn't grab me as much as you guys did. And I think it's just... um, I just wasn't as engaged with... This could be a me problem because I'm not really a cyberpunk guy necessarily. So uh, I wasn't really that that engaged in the world. Uh, I did like the shotgun a lot, though. The shotgun felt like really good to use. But um, I don't know. I I, I mean, I can totally see why you guys love it. So I'm not sure why it didn't hook me as much. Maybe I really got to try it on co-op because it seems like that's the X factor for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Played through the whole game first on single-player before I even played co-op and then I've had a ton of fun playing co-op I might be kind of like done with the game But I think I've put like 60 hours into it at this point like I'll still play some more co-op nice, but um I, I'd say right now. It's probably my game of the year like which is which is a same here a, a strange yeah. uh, nice. I, Like I think it's a flawed game. It has some real difficulty spikes and like the last boss is yeah. Was fucking annoying honestly, I'm, I think they probably have fixed it since then Um that's what like GameSpot gave it like a six out of 10. And like they're really, their only main criticism was the difficulty spikes. And I could see why it, like it has difficulty spikes. Some of the systems are not explained like the damage types, which are actually pretty important to understand. And um, And I guess it has a lot of backtracking, but I kind of enjoyed it just cause the world was so cool to like take in constantly.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, like, found myself very rarely even using the fast travel because I just love, like, walking around in that world so much. And there's a lot yeah. to explore. Like, there's a lot of, like, hidden um, um, component upgrades, or whatever those are called. I, I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and just kind of searching around for those is, is really fun and really rewarding. I, I just, like, love walking into, like, some of the convenience stores and stuff, almost in the same way that I like walking into a convenience store in Yakuza, uh, just because, Mm. like, that, uh, The Ascent has such an incredible attention to detail in pretty much everything, like, wherever you go, there's just so much to look at, and so much to see, and so much, like, interaction between the NPCs going on that it's, it's incredibly, incredibly immersive.
3: Yeah, Kevin, pretty much exactly. what I want to say like it felt like a city that actually exists. Like people live there and they have lives. And yep. I was like, wow. And this is, it just I haven't, I don't, I don't know, like I haven't seen the Cyberpunk game do this, but I have. But uh, I don't know. I it, it felt more convincing and believable. Like the amount of the people felt like they weren't just walking into walls. And uh, other things like they have seen other cyberpunk <clears throat> games. It's not like people had conversations and they, I don't know, it just was like, and also the scale of the city, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a massive city. Massive. I like how it has kind of like the under grungy areas, and as you get higher up, it gets fancier and nicer. like they, they, It seems like they oh, handle all the cyberpunk nice. kind of tropes. Yeah, the really tiered well.
0: levels of the archaeology.
3: Yeah.
1: It's cool. I, another thing, too, is like there's a lot of variation in the different types of enemies. Uh, in that game, you're you're definitely not just fighting the same guys over and over. I mean, you're you, mm-hmm. you know, you're fighting giant robots. You fight a couple of mechs, which the mech fights. I was you know, so so happy to fight one because you see them parked around uh, in mm-hmm. the city all the time. You know, and to finally fight one was a really really big payoff. Um, and you know, you're fighting obviously humanoids. You're fighting those like weird little Tyranid guys as well, mm-hmm. like that are basically you know little Tyranid gaunt. Type guys um, or zerg zerglings or whatever, uh, which I like a lot, and, and then you like fight the big buffed up versions of those zerglings. You know, there's the big ones. Yep. Uh, it's it's fun. Like I don't know, man. I I might be with you guys on game of the year, uh, though. Uh, Psychonauts is up there for me as well. Uh, it's fantastic, man. I, I was so surprised by how much I loved that game, how good it looks, too, on, on the Series X. It's it's incredible. It's incredible that it was such a small team that made that mm-hmm. game, too.
3: True. I know. Nine people? 13. Insane. Okay. Though Not I will
0: say people? the credit sequence went on for, like, five minutes, so uh,
3: make just, of that it what you, go you will. Really, <laughs> okay. really okay. slow? Like, the names just go by? No.
0: There was, like, I, I, I wasn't paying that much attention, but it lasted a while, and there was definitely more than 13 names. I think they, like, had some contractors
3: um, hey, hey, and stuff. Uh Playtesters,
0: yeah i from, guess i think it was like 13 core developers okay. in the studio but i i don't i don't totally understand that but yeah i i really like the game um
3: it's basically an indie game i think people forget that because how it looks so it's high an indie fidelity. game that just looks like so it's like the most high fidelity indie like, game ever made <laughs>
0: yeah it's so yeah. freaking good looking um
2: i think it's pretty cool that it seems like this game is being way more well received than uh a CD Projekt Red game. Like that, mm. That's pretty impressive that a small indie studio is getting more reception for that than CD Projekt.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, for for all the things that, that, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 does right, it does an equal number wrong. I, I like this game better than Cyberpunk, I would say. Yeah. Um, even if I think nice. there's still a few things that like open world games could learn from Cyberpunk, uh, but that's, that's kind of a different conversation. Uh, sure. Oh, okay. So... I've been playing Wasteland 3, which is an isometric CRPG by InXile Studios. The original Wasteland is the game that came out in 1988 before I think all of us except for me were born. And uh, it's 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 what Fallout was the spiritual successor to. Fallout 1 and the, the Fallout series basically was inspired by Wasteland. Um, so Wasteland 3 came out last year. It's a, it's like I said, isometric turn-based tactical RPG. Combat is kind of like XCOM. Um, and it's got a setting very much like Fallout. It has co-op, which Kevin and I have been playing. We'll talk about that. Uh, but the thing that, that like, I think that this game does well, and I, it particularly for people like me that might be a little short attention span with the CRPG, is that it paces stuff well. Like it has really good talking parts, but they're, they don't overstay their welcome. It has really satisfying battles, but they're, they're, they're quick and decisive and uh and feel really impactful. And like the thing that this game does really really well is the sort of moral questions that it gives you. It's constantly asking you to make decisions and it's never obvious what sh- it's never like oh good decision bad decision. It's like oh this is a really kind of agonizing decision. And and as you will in RPG games, you will start working with different uh, factions. And the factions will start trying to pit you against other factions that you're working with. And sometimes you, you have no choice but to like piss one off or the other or, or let one die or the other. Um, there's one point early in the game where you basically have a choice between saving a convoy or saving a whole family. And you just ha- you, it's like you have you can only save one. Go do it. Um, so it wow. constantly gives you these really meaty, challenging moral decisions that are like that make you feel like you're crafting the story in a, in a really important way.
3: It's been really fun to play in co-op. Um, the only tactical game I had ever played before, this was Gears Tactics, and it reminds me a lot of that game, and I'm, I'm imagining XCOM must be very similar, if, if that's probably the progenitor of both of
0: them. Yeah, Gears Tactics is reskinned XCOM. Okay,
3: so it's the combat's really fast-paced and really fun, and it was fun. Aaron and I, like first time we played it, we played like pre-made characters, and I wasn't quite as invested in those, and we also died. We like set. We did like a. We failed a speech check against these like cleaning bots, oh and then God, they like yeah. killed us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was That's our funny. permadeath. The game ended. So we rerolled, and we made like we made like complete psychopathic looking wackos. And uh, <laughs> I made my character a sniper with like does thirty three percent more damage, but also takes thirty three percent more damage. So he's just like this glass cannon, just machine. <laughs> and Aaron's guy looks like <laughs> I don't even know. You look like total Fallout Raider kind of.
0: Well, yeah, we look like Fallout Raiders or Burners. Or Burners. It's kind of hard yeah. to say which. A little like bit stim of both. Like steam junkies kind yeah. Um, yeah.
3: and uh Aaron also we hired this like guy. He looks like Geralt, but he wears like the big daddy BioShock helmet. Oh yeah,
0: dude. He looks like the Witcher. <laughs>
3: and he's like our melee guy. <laughs> but yeah. uh it's really fun to play that game. Co-op. So the combat's super fun. Combat is um, great. And chunky and it feels uh It's like I I just had a lot of fun playing it like I'm like looking forward to like I always like want to do more of the battles I'm always like looking forward to but they're over quick Like I I don't want to throw shade at Divinity Original Sin But it felt like that game's combat could take a long time And I think if you were in the mindset for that that's probably like a good thing about it But when you're playing I guess in co-op at least for me I had trouble focusing on some of the battles Um, So it's nice that this game in contrast is like much faster paced and co-op that really works well You're not waiting a lot of time for people to take turns or anything so it's a good game to play in Cup if you're like looking for a like a CRPG. I guess not a CRPG, a tactical. It's like a CRPG. It's a CRPG. CRPG yeah. kind of a Fallout-like game, old Fallout that is. Yeah, Fallout One and Two. Totally, it's totally Fallout. It's yes. totally wacky and totally silly and yeah, goofy Mad Max basically.
0: Yeah, uh, I on I game really pass. like it. Game pass. It's on Game Pass. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very solid. Um, Aaron
3: and I are both wondering what the next game will look like because this game looks like an early-gen 360 game. <laughs> no, Xbox, <laughs> I will say the one complaint, yeah, the graphics aren't great. Graphics are not amazing, but that's not what the core draw of the game is anyway. It's yeah. like, they don't look bad. They look, they look they're look they very fine. They just, like, I'm curious if now that they're on Microsoft that the next game will be, like, the Ascent looking, you know, it'll look, like, insanely good.
0: Yeah. It probably won't come out for six years because the previous game came out in 2014. This one came out 2020. So who knows how long it'll be. Uh, but um, they're, it's, they're releasing
3: DLC for it this year.
0: Yeah, they are. It's, so it's it, probably
3: gonna be in for, for a while. For a while.
0: It's very good. If you're looking for a, a meaty RPG with a sort of you know post-apocalyptic setting, this is uh, a high recommendation. It's um, good. All right. What 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 are we talking about here? S- Spitgate. Splitgate.
2: Spit grape. Spit game where you spit grapes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, Splitgate, uh, have Have any of you played Splitgate?
0: Not yet. No. No. Edgar told us no. about it, though.
2: Yeah, I, I started playing it because of him, but I, I also found out that there's a Discord that I'm a part of, and everyone's addicted to that game, so I started like jumping into sessions with them. And I think I've discovered the Halo Killer, mm. finally discovered it. There's a Halo killer that it ex- that exists, and it's called Splitgate. It's not Killzone Two. Uh, it's not, Killzone,
0: <laughs> not 2. Killzone. Two. Yeah, Killzone Two murdered Halo.
2: <laughs> no, no, Split, Continue, but Splitgate actually might murder Halo. Like I've got. Here's the thing: Splitgate is basically Halo, but with portals. That's mm. literally what the game is. The game has a lot of the same game m- m- modes. They have a uh, team SWAT, oddball. Like all of the same Halo oh, game modes, oh, wow, they, even okay. have, uh, they even have a. They even have the Unreal Tournament game mode uh Instagib where you're shooting lasers <gasps> at people. Oh, and Kevin AKL. and I are sold.
0: You spoke my language. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. So it has nice. it has everything, and it's just Halo with portals. That's all it is, and it's fantastic. It is so good. It's um. I'm kind of. It's kind of funny because I was talking to a friend of mine with about it and. We were saying, you know what, like, I think we're at this point with Splitgate where once Halo Infinite comes out, we're going to be like, I kind of wish this game had portals. Mm. Like, uh, I, I kind of want a portal in this game. So, uh, Split, I wonder, I just, uh, the last thing I'll say about this game is I just wonder, I really wonder if once Halo comes out, um, I wonder if Splitgate is going to be a major competitor because... Hmm. This game has been around has been it's been around for a long time, but it got really popular in the past couple of months because it came to console. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people, a lot of Halo players, might end up just playing Splitgate. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see.
0: Can you telefrag with the portal?
2: Uh, telefrag. Oh well, that's that the one you... thing that they changed about mm-hmm. about it for balancing is that there's not any grenades. Because mm-hmm. that would probably just be like too chaotic.
3: Oh, That'll be so bad. But the,
2: you do get you do get grenades to close portals. So like if there are enemy portals, you throw like a, a plasma grenade to shut the portal down. But the game is actually a lot more long range than Halo. Like uh, mm. the DMR is like really like you can kill a guy in a few hits with that, which is also true of Halo. But there's there's just a lot more range generally, hmm. um, and the assault rifle is more accurate. But another thing I love about it is uh, yeah, it is crossplay. I've been I actually've been playing with people playing on the PlayStation and PC on my Xbox. Hmm. So that's really cool. And the and yeah, it's just generally more long range. The assault rifle um is pretty long range. The uh it's great too because the reticle has the Halo 3 thing where the reticle doesn't change, like it mm-hmm. doesn't expand. So it's no, like, uh, bloom. It really feels like Halo, you know. So mm. But Halo reach has though, remember? It's, yeah yeah it's it's annoying about it's good out. i think That's you guys great. should really try it i think you guys are gonna really enjoy Splitgate.
0: i installed it after our last podcast i just haven't played it yet but uh i'm also not at home i'll try it next week it's now that i know that it has instagib i think we need to get a get a get a get a session going with the people yeah Game Pass In- too, instagib yeah. is like one of my favorite things
2: yeah uh, it has instagib it's awesome it's uh the guns all feel really good, too. Like, hmm. that's one of, my, one of my biggest criticisms of Halo is that the guns just don't feel powerful, especially in the uh, original trilogy. But uh, in this game, the assault rifle feels really nice. The DMR feels really nice. Um, the shotgun just feels so good. And the sniper is literally just a cannon. Like, you feel like you're firing a cannon with it. It's, it's awesome. Uh Really good game. I, I right. it's definitely going to be in my game of the year talk for sure. It's awesome. Right.
0: Uh, Yakuza like a dragon. Everybody's beating this, huh? Except me.
2: No, I haven't I played think it, wants yet. Play I it yet.
1: I
0: wish I did. I played it. it. It's
2: on Game Pass.
1: It is on Game Pass now, isn't it? That that's mm-hmm. awesome. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a really good value, man. Game Pass just gets better and better, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Kev. I know you played uh, Like a Dragon before I did, uh, mm-hmm. um, and you kept telling me, like, dude, you gotta play it. it it's so good, it's so good, and so... And I was always <laughs> like, yeah, I definitely <laughs> definitely gotta play it, because it's, you know, Yakuza. It's, like, my single favorite game series of all time. Um, but I was always, good like, choice. thinking, like, I, I'm not super excited about it going from a, you know, beat up to JRPG. I, I was really kind of... My, my, my expectations were, were tempered. I set them very low, uh, right, because I, I just didn't know how well they were going to pull it off. Uh, turns out, they pull it off extremely well, uh, so well that it might be one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. Um, Agreed. You know, it's, it's not super mechanically dense uh, in, in the turn-based combat, but uh, the... Imagination in the combat and, and the way that they present the attacks and how you do summons and how you do your specials <laughs> is so on the nose and perfect and hilarious that, like, I, I can't skip a single, uh, a, a single, like, in combat, uh, little, little cutscene thing. Um, they're always fun and hilarious to watch. Like, every single time. I mean, I'll, I've cast the same spell probably 300 times a- at this point, and I always watch the animations for the spells, because they're so <laughs> funny nice. and so perfect. Um, it it remains pretty easy, was my only gripe uh, in the combat, uh, through the entire game, until you get to the post-game stuff, uh, where it gets pretty brutal. Like, the... <laughs> uh, the Millennium Tower, and then the, I got wait, I think it's called the Final Millennium Tower, and then the true Final Millennium Tower, where <laughs> every enemy is level 99. <laughs> and that is extremely brutal. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I wanted you guys to throw this on on the list because, um, you know, having not been on the podcast in a few years, um, I think since the last time we spoke uh, on the podcast, I think I was playing through Yakuza six at six at the time or maybe zero. Um and I I wanted to bring this one up because it's easily one of the best games I've played in the past five, ten years. Uh maybe maybe even of all time. Uh it's hmm. it's fantastic. because it still keeps all of the fun Yakuza tropes. Uh it, it's still very much a Yakuza game in, in its humor, in the overall design uh in the side quests specifically but um it just brings it to a whole new level with this turn-based combat that i actually now think is even
3: better than uh than the beat-em-up combat of the previous games i agree it's also a soft reboot so you can start from that game you don't have to have i mean you should play through the games but you don't hmm. have to you can play it start from starting from, from seven
0: yep. it's it's not yeah. it's it's, a, it's self-contained you're saying yeah that's cool. Yep. That's yeah. That's there's good. a lot
3: of nods, a lot of nods
1: oh, yeah. uh, to to the previous games for sure. I mm. mean, they 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 bring back some characters. I, I won't spoil who or how or what, but um, yeah, it's it is a a reboot, but there's a, enough for like fans of the original games to, to certainly keep them uh, interested and having a good
3: time. Yeah, they turned that line really well. The, yeah, the ab- in that absolutely. Game are, are done on a cell phone, like you call people. That's I
0: was wondering. I'm like summons yeah. in a yeah. sort of Japanese yeah. gangland RPG. No, I mean, the,
3: the the whole game is basically all <laughs> about not? how how can you make a JRPG set in modern day Japan, modern yeah. like gang, and it's yeah. like every possible thing is done beautifully and amazingly. Like it's like it's so well thought out and funny. Every, yeah, it's extremely clever. <laughs> I gotta try <laughs> extremely it. Extremely like, clever.
4: Hmm.
2: One thing about uh, Yakuza that I love, because I played through Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2 over the past, like, four or five years or something, is that uh, whenever I try to sell people on Yakuza, they're like, oh, isn't that just, like, Japanese Grand Theft Auto? And I'm like, exactly. no, it's, like, yeah. way, it's way goofier than you think it is. Like, it's yeah. not, like, a straight crime. Like... What what makes those games so good is that the cutscenes like play it like really straight for the most part, especially in like Yakuza Zero. But there's so much goofy bullshit that goes on outside of the story and even within the story that really makes it just like a blast to play. It's just such I also wanted to mention franchise.
3: with like a Dragon specifically, w- one of the like core pillars of JRPGs is they have to have really good music, and the music is really good in this game. It's like very fittingly yep. Yakuza style music. It almost reminds me a little bit of Tekken sometimes, and its music. It's
0: Tekken Tag Tournament,
3: like Tekken Seven more, but right. it's 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 got it's it's it's, it's good. The really, right. music's really good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool. It's nice uh, game.
0: All, all right, Yakuza like a dragon. Kidu. That's uh, okay. Let's talk about Death Store. I beat it. I beat Death Store. Uh, I still think it's. For those of you who don't know what Death Store is, it's a. Uh, basically Legend of Zelda type game with a heavy Dark Souls influence, both thematically and mechanically. Um, and uh, I think it might be like the best 2D Zelda game. Like you could make an argument. Over that's... Hyper
3: Light, huh? I know Hyper Light was, you were like I Hyper like Light.
0: Hyper Light style a bit better, but I think it might be a better game. Nice. I, I step certainly the one I would recommend people to start with because hyperlight is way harder. Mm-hmm. Um, my only nitpicks with this game is that there is and it, it this is a two person team like so this game is shockingly polished for a two person team but um there's a few like difficulty spikes and like difficulty deficits like there's one boss that I beat without taking a hit my first try which uh oh, that's nice. not that's not something I do in video games, so I don't know how that happened, but it was just <laughs> the boss was just way too easy and then there was another boss that like killed me like 15 times in a row before i could figure out what how to fucking deal with one attack so like there's a few like weird like telegraphing things maybe like the one boss was telegraphed too much the other one telegraphed too little but like the game's fucking awesome i totally recommend it it's not on game pass but i think it's like 20 bucks so it's a very affordable game and it's definitely a very worthy game it's it's definitely in my game of the year it's gonna be top five unless unless something crazy happens um it's, it's great, I, and like the secrets in that game are insanely good. I, I beat the uh, game, but love them. yeah, dude, so my, my girlfriend's playing the game, and she's like, oh, look at this. She's like examining an item and like figured out like a puzzle that I had noticed, but couldn't solve. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I, like so it's, it's got really inventive puzzling and stuff and secrets, and it's just a great 2D Zelda style game.
3: It's very cool. It's I also see it's optimized for Series X and S, so that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think it's like 4K. K. I, I I don't know what that is. It 3D
3: ish or is it 2D? It's 3D. Spreads.
0: It's fully it's 3D, 3D okay. but it, and it's like you know isometric, but it it, it plays like 2D. Yeah, Plain. but but it's it's got the instead of having the eight or the four or eight directional combat, it's fully three dimensional Sweet. stick. So it, it plays very plays very well. I guess the one other slight ding I would have is that like the combat once you figure out the sort of secret to combat which it's like more or less the same tactic holds true for every enemy and boss in the game mm-hmm. uh but like so like the combat could be a little deeper but it feels really good mm-hmm. and and it is it's you know it's it's very much dodge roll whack whack dark souls type combat so it's good
4: mm.
2: nice yeah i think uh for me with Death's Door, uh what what makes it one of my games of the year if not my game of the year is just uh the Puzzle solving and exploration, to me, was just so rewarding. Yeah, Um, I guess to to kind of put it against 12 minutes, like, whenever I solved something in 12 minutes, I was more exhausted and, you know, kind of like, oh, that's the solution, or like, oh, that's, Mm -hmm. like, the plot twist. In Death's Door, I was consistently like, wait, what? Yeah. What? What? (laughs) Like, that (laughs) happened multiple times in Death's Door, like, consistently and it was that really set it above and beyond for me
0: yeah no it feels very rewarding when you solve a little puzzle or you notice something or you find a secret area like it's consistently like that it's it's a really great game uh what do we got going on with curse of the dead gods
2: oh i'll just talk about it briefly uh i finished it i Mm -hmm. finished curse of the dead gods i think it's the second roguelite i've ever finished to be honest and uh after hades and uh, all I have to say is that I had a really good time with it. It was a uh, really solid uh, alternative to Hades. If if you want to play a Hades game that has less story but is arguably more mechanically has more mechanical depth and more systems to control, and uh, it's arguably more difficult too. Honestly, uh, I think Curse of the Dead Gods is a really, uh, really great game. I think it's probably going to crack my top five this year.
1: Nice. I, I I enjoyed Curse of the Dead Gods quite a bit more than Hades. Uh actually, Hades, Hades to me just felt a little too spammy and a little too chaotic. Um and sure. what yeah, what I played, I played of so. Curse of the Dead, God, Dead Gods, it's so much more deliberate um and paste it's yes. such a better way and the fact that you have stanimo just kind of automatically makes it makes it better in my book uh but I, i'm glad you like that game man i i, I talked to a, a whole lot of people who also played that uh, i also think it's fantastic
0: yeah you recommended it to me and then i recommended it to Orin. <laughs> So you indirectly recommended it to Latorre.
1: Oh, there we go. There we go. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's,
2: uh, I actually think that's really valid. I mean, uh, with Hades, you kind of get to the point with Hades where you're just, like, cleaning up rooms in, like, three or four seconds because you're just, like, spamming the fist attack and stuff. But, Hmm. um, in, uh, in Curse of the Dead Gods, it was more deliberate and, uh. Uh, the comet felt the combat does feel deeper. Um, I think it's a little sad that Curse of the Dead Gods came out after Hades because I think it got like not a lot of people played it because of that, but it really totally stands on its own as yep. a great game. So
0: hmm. I should say that, like Hades has, for whatever reason, once again failed to like sink its hooks into me. I enjoy it while I'm playing it. But I have no problem putting it down. I haven't had that compulsive, like, just another run feeling that I had with, you know, Spelunky 2 or Isaac or, you know. Any Try of those Curse.
3: Games. Yeah, Curse I should probably be for you.
0: dig back into Curse. Do, um,
3: do you guys think that maybe Hades' biggest draw is the presentation? has a high quality presentation. I mean, it, I think that's helping
0: it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If I, I mean, I think the combat is good in that game.
3: Yeah, the combat was, it did, I felt like it was spammy as well. Yeah. And, and a little chaotic and kind of like, ugh. Um, but it seemed like that—that that was the thing. That when I talked to you about it, I always tell like, "Oh, the story is really good. It has like very high, like the I like the art, or, like the graphics or the music, or like I you think know, like the characters a lot. Like I think that's kind of the main draw of, of Hades. At least that's what I've been told."
0: Or yeah, I could see it's definitely helping it out a lot. Yeah, yeah,
2: it, it's probably overrated. Mm. Uh, I mean, I love Hades. It was one of my game of the year. I think that was your game last of the year, year.
0: <laughs> right?
2: Uh, well, well, Last of Us was.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
2: Um, but. uh the thing, Yeah, the thing about Hades is it's just very... Uh, I, I think when you have so many people agreeing on the same game being great, that like when you play it, it's like, oh, it's kind of spammy, or, oh, Zagreus is kind of annoying, or, mm. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah <laughs> it's just the hype culture we live in right where yeah it's just it, sometimes it's hard to enjoy a game with so much hype i mean that's what happened to me with god of war everyone said it was the best game ever yeah. and then i played it and i thought it was good yeah really good but nowhere near the like game the generation people were saying that's that right. was
3: for me too it's funny because on the opposite of that uh, I had heard so many bad things about Last of Us 2. Mm. That was why I checked it out, because, you know, I didn't like the first game as much, and all these people were having controversy about the second game. Like, maybe I'll like it. <laughs> maybe that will be a reason. <laughs> and what do you know? You liked <laughs> yeah, it. And I loved it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Hmm.
0: All right. Well, uh, we did a whole episode on Quake, which uh, which did pretty well, so maybe you've already listened to it. But if you hadn't, haven't, check that out. But let's spend uh, five minutes talking
3: about Quake. Okay. Or less. That's all I've been playing. Really? It's like that main <laughs> game. <laughs> so I wanted to mention, I think we mentioned this on the pod a little bit, but like the Quake 64 element of, mm-hmm. um, of this game um, was developed. So Quake 64 was developed by Midway. They had to chop some of things down from the PC version originally, but they did. It came out in 1998, so it came out two years later than Quake 1, which was 1996. Um, but they added this colored lighting to it and on the uh quake 64 mod or version for um quake on console or pc the remaster um they added the crt filter to it and if you chop all the settings off you turn off almost everything it has this just gloominess that the pc version doesn't have Hmm. i was playing it today and i was comparing some of the maps and i was like what is it about the quake 64 it's just something about it has this just like it's like the way everything looks. It's just like this. It's like low fidelity, aliased, slightly ugly, but it's like if because of that, it's like more imaginative to me. And it's mm. a, it's a, something about that like low fidelity '90s low like technology of like compressed textures and like pixely shit that I really like. And I, I this Quake 64 version I'm gonna play complete the whole game. I really, really, I really like Quake 64. Are you more. playing through it on your on my Xbox? Xbox. Okay. I, so just a heads up if you're a PC person and you have. Problems oh with low resolution and blurriness. Don't play it Don't play on, it on your close to your screen because the filters and the stuff will look really low res in your eyes. But if you're playing it on a console, which is how you should be anyways, because it's Quake 64, uh, you're far enough away from the TV where the muddiness doesn't bug you, and it kind of it really works. Uh, I, I'm really liking the Quake 64. It's like I haven't played that a lot. I also played through one of the expansions on there. Uh, the first expansion, Scourge of Armageddon, was okay. I thought it was like pretty decent. Uh, machine games is just so much better. Both of them are just like so much better than I would just say play like the main game. If you for like if you're really feeling like a hardcore quake experience, play the main campaign, play machine games, both of them. And then if you really are dying from Quake, then play the other two expansions. But I would say that we're skipping if. Yeah, I'm going to play through them all. All right.
0: You're, <laughs> even the the weird one.
3: Yeah, I'll play through all, all of everything on the and Xbox. where you, you're
0: mostly playing it on your series
3: yeah i just want to playing it on the tv on my couch it's like i always say with the controller it's just so comfortable i know it's not quite as smooth you don't know, have a mouse but i've yeah. pretty good with the controller for shooters and i've gotten used to it so cool yeah
2: i gotta play more quake yeah i want to try the n64 mod
3: did uh, you did any of you guys actually. play on n64 no no okay yeah kevin
0: and i did uh dude that thing looks so bad on a PC monitor, though. It looks great on a TV, but on a PC monitor, it's like, it literally looks like somebody's fucking with you. Like, yeah. they're trying to hurt your eyes. Yeah,
3: <laughs> It's that CRT filter. Uh, but, uh, there's something about that. I was just, it was, like I said, look at the maps and, like, the, just that low fidelity. It, just, it makes it more, like, weird and creepy, because it's, Interesting. like, it's just so ugly. You know, how, like, so, so I've always felt, like, the original Resident Evil 2, mm-hmm. the zombies, look disgusting in that game, because you can't make out what Going on so you kind of use your imagination kind of fills out the gaps mm-hmm. there um, And when they're more high fidelity, they just don't look quite as creepy because you can comprehend everything Because You can on. see everything yeah, you can see it all but the thing about that low fidelity It really makes stuff more creepy and dark to me, which I really I there's something there. I think is 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 magical Yeah, yeah
0: People say that about horror films that like horror films were scarier on VHS than they are on DVD mm-hmm. Because like even when you could see the monster you couldn't totally see the monster mm-hmm because it was obscured by the low resolution of the VHS, very interesting. Uh, whereas if you're watching it on your Blu-ray 4K and it's, you know, 65 inches right in your face, you're like, yeah, that's what the monster looks like. Not that scary.
3: Yeah, it's because it true horror is in your mind, right? So, yeah, take advantage of that. It's very interesting. Hmm.
2: I, I feel like the ultimate way to watch David Cronenberg's Videodrome is to watch it on a VHS tape. Mm. That's, <laughs> the, that's the way. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely it kind of works thematically too it just makes me oh true. absolutely <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. i haven't seen that yet that. i will it's on my list oh really yeah josh got me he made he didn't make me but he encouraged us we watched it when he stayed with me a couple of weeks ago
3: kev here has been telling me to
2: watch
0: it for a long time oh yeah that no, was great it, yeah,
2: it's great. it's like one of the ultimate 80s movies but it's it's also amazing because it's dated but also extremely relevant. relevant. Yeah. It, it like it walks that line between being dated and relevant in a way that few films have ever done, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like a very like, like risky and ambitious film for, I think it was 1981, 1982 or something when it came out.
2: Yeah, thereabouts, yeah.
3: Mm. Mm. i like to Good see movie. That. I really Great like Kornburg, so. yeah. yeah. I've been oh, thinking he, of rewatching The Fly again. I watched the insect politics scene. Do you remember that scene? And he's like, yes. have you ever heard of insect politics? They have no politics. <laughs> and he's like, I was, a, I was an insect who dreamed of being a man and loved it. But now the insect is awake. It's like, <laughs> that writing is so good. I was mm-hmm. like, God damn. Apparently, David Cronenberg rewrote the whole script that they initially was given him for that movie. Hmm. So like, that's all him, which makes sense. Hmm. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Love that movie.
0: <laughs> all right. Well... 50 fucking episodes. That's that's crazy. Let's do 50 more. Um we're yeah. uh, we're at the end of the show, but let's do some personal rec- uh, personal recommendations. Oren, what do you got for this, us this week?
2: Um well, I have like a dual recommendation cuz they go together. Um I don't know if you guys are Edgar Wright fans. Um Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead, Dead, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, he he just uh he just came out with a new movie. Um about the sparks brothers which is a rock band who i've never heard of them before i never heard of sparks but apparently like this band was around in like the 70s 80s 90s and they're still making music and a lot of people just haven't heard of them but the people who have heard of them are like some of the most important musicians working today so they have like Interviews with Beck, with Red Hot Chili Peppers, with, like, all of these different musicians about how, like, important these musicians were to them, are to them. And uh, it's a really cool doc. It's just, uh, it's just called The Sparks Brothers. Um, unfortunately, it's on pay-per-view still, but I'm sure it's going to come to, like, Amazon Prime or something at some point in the near future. And, uh, and then... As an extension of that recommendation, um, the Sparks Brothers actually did the music for a musical that came out on Amazon Prime called Annette, which is not a movie I would recommend to everyone, but uh, I personally loved it. It's very weird. It's very strange. But uh, if you're interested in a different type of musical, I'd say check out Annette.
3: Nice. Cool.
2: So that's where I'm at. Uh, Oh, uh, one one last thing about Annette. Annette was directed by Leos Carricks, who directed Holy Motors. So if you're a fan of Holy Motors, check out Annette. But anyway, next rec.
0: Okay, Uh, this is, I'll I'll get my rec out of the way. It is September 11th that we're recording this. And uh, I'm sorry if this sounds a little bit more like a homework assignment. I'm recommending an episode of the New York Times podcast, The Daily. that came out on September 9th. It's called I'm Part of Something Evil, and just as we sit 20 years past 9-11, it's, it's worth considering all the weird shit that that inspired, or I guess ultimately bad shit that that inspired. Uh, some good reporting by the New York Times about the FBI's surveillance of American citizens. that uh, This kind of hasn't, wasn't really, didn't really catch on, people didn't care that much about, so I recommend that uh, if, if you're interested in doing a little, I guess, again, homework. <laughs>
2: I, I kind of want to jump off of that because uh, I was watching an episode of some more news, uh, Cody Johnston's show, and he was talking about like Afghanistan and like whose fault it is. And uh, there was a whole segment devoted in that show to like the early 2000s zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of wild to me reflecting back on that time because uh, Islamophobia was like considered patriotic. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a very different time like even uh lauren michaels on snl he had like uh, a skit that was trending for a moment about um like uh about kandahar and like the characters were celebrating bombing kandahar and it's just like sometimes it's wild to reflect you know like what that era was like but anyway yeah that just went on a
1: tangent
0: uh johnson do you have a recommendation
1: I do, man. yeah, I, uh, I do. So, um as you guys know, you know, a lifelong fan of uh of pro wrestling. And right now, uh in twenty twenty one, uh it it is the best it's ever been. Uh better than Attitude Era, WWF, better than W C W better than down, Attitude the best Era it's ever been. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely oh. better okay um it's specifically all elite wrestling uh it's this new uh company that started you know 2019 two years ago um they're already now drawing uh wwe-sized crowds you know pulling 15,000 people into arenas um and this last weekend uh they aired their pay-per-view all out and you know having been to, you know, countless pay-per-views in person, uh, having seen, you know, hundreds of them in my life, uh, I think All Out is the greatest pay-per-view of all time, Um, the single greatest pro wrestling pay-per-view to have ever, ever happened. Um, You know, bell to bell, the entire four-hour, I think, event it was, um, it's just shocking and fun and, like... (laughs) in your face uh it, it has this uh, tag match in a cage between uh, the young bucks and the lucha bros which is the best tag team match i've ever seen in my life um and you know there's two huge um uh debuts at the end of the pay-per-view uh adam cole and brian danielson uh both jump ship from wwe over to aew uh, which, you know, back in the day in the 90s was the big thing, going from WWF to WCW, and vice versa. It's happening all over again. And mm. it's absolutely in- crazy and insane. And, and, you know, being a wrestling nerd and seeing Adam Cole, who is one of my favorite wrestlers, show up on AEW, you know, like, a week after, or two weeks after he was just in a WWE pay-per-view, is mm. mind-boggling and awesome. And it's so exciting. It's such a good time to be a pro wrestling fan, and even if you only liked it a little bit in the 90s and you watched WWF back in the day, go seek out that all-out pay-per-view. At least watch the cage match uh, between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros and just have fun. It's so fantastic and so exciting and so refreshing.
2: Uh, cool. Are you a nice. Giant bon- Bomb fan by any chance, Kevin? <laughs>
1: giant Bomb? Uh, I, I listened to it back in the day. Eh, yeah, yeah. Not Not so much yeah. recently, though.
2: I think all of those guys are wrestling fans. Is that? I, I know Jeff and Dan. Dan was, but I don't know. I just it just kind of reminded me like the link between like
1: wrestling and gaming and yeah it, uh, it's, yeah it's, yeah no it's, it's a it's big. for sure thing yeah it's a big thing definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah you know cool hey, it's awesome it's amazing yeah it's it's exciting exciting times for sure in that whole world pretty cool
3: awesome. So, my recommendation is funny, but I think it's an interesting perspective nonetheless. Uh, I've been gaming on my Xbox uh, Elite Series 2, $180 controller for two years now, and it finally crapped out. My replacement finally crapped out. So, I don't recommend that, but I do recommend the Xbox Series controllers. After yesterday, we played some Forza, Aaron and I, uh, mm. with the family and we both had to use Xbox One controllers, and we were yeah. surprised, both of us, by how poor the quality of it was compared to the Series controller. So I'm going to recommend this the uh, Xbox Series controller. They're very cheap, and they're very nice. I have to say, like, uh, Microsoft managed to make a very nice controller for a very reasonable price considering the materials and everything. Um, and also the latency is very low compared to the Xbox One controller. I went back and tested this again on uh, multiple games, and there's no question that the uh, Series has a much lower latency. So... Yeah, it's a great controller. I really like it. I think it's probably the best. Like I haven't tried the PS5 controller yet. I still want to, but mm. I will say it's the best controller that I've tried that is of that price range. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean the Sony controllers it's hard to go back. I mean, I'm sure like the haptic feedback's cool, but like that Xbox controller just kind of melts into your hands. It's perfect. You know, like hands fuse with it. Aaron it's and I were both like talking Kronenberg, about. It's like Cronenberg, right? It yeah. Fuses with. It, you know? We were talking Microsoft
3: about how like those, uh, the PS4 and the Xbox One controller feel a little cheesy now. Like they're both oh, great controllers, but like if you go back to use like you know the 360 controller, that'll feel like a toy. You know, that's like it feels Fisher like a hollow piece of plastic. Toy. It's like yeah.
0: like a like a like a preschool toy. It's or just something.
3: funny to look at how much bigger budget and how seriously gaming is taken now just compared to even then like mm. it's it's changed a lot just just by the controllers alone so yeah, yeah. interesting yeah that d-pad
1: right. too man love that Go the d-pad. That d-pad it's awesome yeah nice and clicky hey, it's yep. very satisfying yeah. to use
0: it's it's a little too clicky for me but 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 it is a very good d-pad <laughs> but it's like sometimes i can hear it with my headphones on like over like the game i'm like click click I'm like, what is that it's, like, it's it's like a cherry mx blue switch
3: yeah uh, It feels really good though the response it is does really good, good. It. and yeah i it, think it's uh, It's the best mainstream controller i've tried that's not aftermarket
0: it's the best controller i've used yeah, yeah. i haven't used your elite because you won't let me touch it with my greasy peasant hands <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh It's the best controller i've used by far yeah uh, Shit all right well kev it was a blast having you on i hope you come back again uh Thanks Definitely. for joining us. 50 episodes, guys. That's fucking good shit. I'm proud of all of you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Madden, as always, we love you. We appreciate the theme song you made for us, and uh, we love your comments. And uh, we'll be back soon with more bullshit to, to whine about games that you love. And um, <laughs> bye-bye, everyone.